welcome back to the Rachel Unpack Podcast. I am your host, Rachel Medina. Don't forget to follow me on social media at Rachel Medina 101. You can also visit my website, rachelmedina.com, where you can find any and all the resources that I may mention on this show, whether it's downloadable, you know, workbooks and worksheets or courses. Again, um, I like to mention about the courses. I know it feels like everybody and their mother is selling courses. This is not a situation where we take course like other people's courses and then repackage them as information that we're gurus at and resell it. No, you're you're listening to myself and there's a team behind me that has over 20 years experience in media, marketing, um, PR, sales, business, you name it, we've done it. Um, and we take all of what we learned um, from then and look at how it all applies today and package it up into super low barrier to entry courses. Um, what does that mean? It means we're not going to charge you thousands of dollars to be able to take a simple course. It means that we've really thought it out in order to create digestible courses that will literally help you go from zero to like step one and step two and phase three and four and five of your business. And and basically you can scale. We scale with you. Um, and it saves you a ton of you YouTube uh, video hours <laughs> and Google searches and, and applying tactics from TikTok gurus that just do not work. So Okay, let's get into it. Uh, we are going to talk about dun, 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 NFTs today. This is going to give you a very basic baseline understanding of NFTs so that you can have a intelligible conversation with anybody who's really, really excited about them. Um, also, it's, you know, by you listening to this, it's going to really give you um, a, a bird's eye view of how you could apply NFTs to your business, to your brand, um, to your endeavors. You might actually still be working for someone else at this moment. Maybe you're in the marketing team. Maybe you're in the financial end of the of the business. And understanding NFTs, where we are today with NFTs, and where they're headed, where we're heading uh, with NFTs, will sort of make you stand out as a bit of a hero uh, or shiro, <laughs> sheo ro, um, in the conference room meeting, um, where you can you know speak up and say, hey, I I got something to contribute on this conversation. So let's get into it. I actually, um, just so you guys understand, just like I mentioned earlier, everything that I share on this podcast, everything that I share in the courses or in the workbooks or anywhere on social media, I am speaking about things that I have actually applied to my business, okay? So these, the, the, all of this is me documenting my entrepreneurial journey and bringing forth all the pitfalls. I've made a ton of mistakes so that you don't have to. Um, and I've actually had quite a few wins that are very significant that I'm sharing with you along the way so that you can do the same. I minted an NFT, a SheEO NFT a few months ago. I think it's been three months now since I minted the very first uh, SheEO NFT, um, just so that I could go through the process and understand um, more clearly what the purpose is, what the process is, and what the significant is, the significance is of NFTs. So I'm actually quite impressed with what they are. Um, let's see, a little bit of context though. You're probably thinking, wow, Rachel, or do you deal in tech? Um, a lot of you guys don't know this. If you go to my Instagram and you look at my wall and all the static photos, you're going to see photos of me with Gary Vaynerchuk and Steve Wozniak, the, the co-founder of Apple. You're going to see me with like salt and Peppa and like Molly from Molly's Game, the Netflix movie. 
you're just gonna see me with Jason Derulo, like just a bunch of people. I'm not sitting here trying to drop all the names. I've met a lot of people throughout my career, but there's a, a little batch of them. You're gonna see their posts with me that with me with hardly any makeup, hair in a ponytail, all kind of messed up, looking tired because a lot of these photos were taken at like two, three, and four in the morning at the Mandalay Bay during a technology, AI, and crypto conference that I had the pleasure of participating in. No, I didn't buy a ticket and I wasn't a general admission member. I was actually part of the production team. The, the owner and founder of the entire event um, tagged me in to sort of help him out. And so we were able to secure a lot of this talent, a lot of these high level tech guys to come and be keynote speakers. And I got to be involved in that, be on stage and all the fun stuff. So. I learned some things about Bitcoin and blockchain and crypto tokens and um, decentralized um, finance, which you may hear as DeFi and, you know, nodes and, and uh, mining, crypto mining. So I learned a ton from like Pulitzer Prize winners. Again, Steve Wozniak, co-founder of Apple, was there um, in a room with him and I. So had the wonderful, wonderful blessing and opportunity to participate in this and and, and be front front and center in their world um, and, and picking their brains. So I'm bringing uh, some of that back to you guys. So of course, as I see, um, you know, back then, this was like three years ago that I got to do this. They were mentioning NFTs, but not at the level that they're being mentioned now. They didn't have the momentum that they do now. And it was interesting because at that at that time when I was sitting with these people, even with Gary, and we were talking about NFTs, he goes, I really think that that's going to be the future. And I think that you need to hold on tight um, to what is going to happen. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, NFTs. I had no idea. <laughs> I was literally clueless. I was like on my phone trying to Google it. It was a hot mess. But um now I know, and now I've done, I've done it, and now I'm here to tell you all about it. Okay, NFTs, what does the word, it's an acronym, right? What is the letter N, the, net, the letter F, and the letter T? Non-fungible token. Non-fungible token. Okay, you're like, Rachel, the heck is fungible, non-fungible? Okay, well, I was exactly where you're at, and one of the things that I did was I used kind of like a word association, I kind of do this a lot, and it reminded me of like, like you can't fudge it up, like you can't F it up, you can't, you can't fudge it up, you can't smudge it, you can't do anything. So think in terms of like something that can be created but cannot be undone. So it cannot be manipulated. It's like etched in stone, so to speak. And, and so that is how you should look at it. So an NFT, a non-fungible token, means this token cannot be changed it is there's like it's singular and it cannot be replicated okay so it cannot be altered okay now the t is token and this is the part that i think kind of confuses a lot of people in the market because they're seeing like you know board apes you know board apes or you know um crypto punks and they look like monkeys and they look like pixelated you know lego characters and it looks like cartoonish and it looks like basically the, you know, super nerds and the kids, you know, are taking over, which they took over a long time ago, <laughs> FYI, in case you haven't realized. And so it might seem confusing because it's like being utilized as art. And so then you might say, well, where does the T come in? Why isn't it NFA, you know, non-fungible art? Um, why is it T, tokens? And it's because it's um, 
a token technology that essentially lives on the blockchain. I hope I'm not losing you. Stand, bear with me here. Um, you're used, they're using a token that communicates with the blockchain, and that's what records it um, onto the blockchain so that it cannot be changed. And, um, and so I'll explain a little bit better, but it's what the technology is. It's tokenized. So it's a piece of art or a piece of information that is tokenized and essentially then recorded on something called the blockchain. This took me quite a while to really understand. Um, in helping to put together that event in Las Vegas at the Mandalay Bay back then, I sat in a room with really high-powered, highly intelligent men who gave me the confidence and the, the, the space in which to just ask the lamest of the lamest ground zero questions because I genuinely wanted to understand and they genuinely needed me to understand in order to help them with this event. So with regards to the blockchain, and I know that we're talking about NFTs and not blockchain or crypto, but it's all tied together. With the blockchain, think of it like a piece of software or like a hard drive on your computer that cannot be changed. It's like Moses and, you know, writing on the tablets that were stone. It's like etched in stone. You can't just get an eraser and erase it, okay? Even tattoos, you can kind of tattoo over the, the thing that you don't like anymore. With blockchain, you cannot. So it's written information, it's logs, they're like logs and bits of data, information state saved in a vault, and that vault is the blockchain, but it's a clear vault, by the way. So anybody and everybody can see it. Um, it's like an accounting of all information. And you can see it. Anybody that you know can see it. It's it's public, okay, and it can be seen, but it can't not be accessed. It cannot be changed, manipulated. It is there. Once it is written, it's like a time stamp that can never be undone. It's like the miles on your car. So if you look at like if you're, you know, I'm in my 40s, okay, so I'm a Gen Xer. And I still remember cars having odometers that would like manually roll up like these little wheels and like it would click up to like the next mile. So if you had 10,000 miles on your car and all of a sudden you had 10,001 miles and it would go click, you know, the wheel would like rotate up on this actual thing. Now it's digital, right? Now it's digital. So now the, the miles are logged digitally. Technically, you're not supposed to be able to change it as easily where in the past, people would essentially roll back the miles to manipulate them. And later you'd find out, oh my God, this car actually has 200,000 miles, but they said it only had 80,000 miles because they rolled the miles back. So where we are leaving the, 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 the space and time of technology and information storage that we are exiting, that we've known all these years is equivalent to the old odometers that can be rolled back. Okay, now we are moving into the blockchain area era, which is the digital era, which means once something's created, once something's logged, it cannot be undone. It cannot be changed. The starting point is the starting point is the starting point. So it's like your birth record, like if it was digital and it's like you were born and no one could erase it, okay? So that is the function of the blockchain. And actually, it's 
far more intelligent than that and it has far more capabilities than that. But let me tell you, if you think about like escrow companies and people that are like logging information and with dates and timestamps um, and doing transactional um, record keeping of like who paid what, when, and where, none of all of that that is st stored on the blockchain cannot be erased and it cannot be hidden meaning all it's we're entering into a full transparency sort of technology and information world and and it's a good thing but think of it this way too if you look at when you begin when you launch a brand and they tell you oh you know what you should do you should trademark your your brand so let's just say uber the you know uber transportation company okay uber went to the you know the u.s you know patent office or whatever and they trademarked the name uber well that's a document it has to be renewed you know there's like a physical paper that needs to be filed there's like all these things right that you need to do with Lloyd, whatever it may be and then they stamp it and then it has like the official seal and all of this stuff and then you feel safe because you know you're trademarked even though a lot of countries don't recognize an american trademark and they can copy it it's very limited to, you know, it's at risk for human error. It's at risk for like servers. There's all these things that can happen, right? And also it's limited to our USA, our, our borders, okay? Our geography. On the blockchain, it's not. It's global. There's just the blockchain and it's stored there and the, the timestamp is there. So for example, I minted, which means recorded, or logged um, an NFT and it's on the Ethereum blockchain. Ethereum is the type of currency that is being used. There's Bitcoin and there's Ethereum. Think of Bitcoin like gold 2.0, think of Ethereum like silver, the new silver. And so it is, it is logged on the blockchain and so it exists. So that day that I created that NFT and then minted it, on to the you know open sea and and that's just a, a website that you can you know mint these it is on a blockchain so it's forever and ever and ever it's going to exist somewhere down the line 200 years from now if blockchains are still being used people can look back and go oh on this day in the year you know 2021 the sh the very first ceo um you know nft was minted so think about you know any kind of art that is created like the Mona Lisa and they can go back and they can look at the threads of the canvas and they can look at the type of paint and look at the signatures or whatever it may be. And, um, and they can tell the time they estimate that it's from like the 16th century. Well, with blockchain, there's no guessing anything. There's no guessing anything. It is the date. Like it's, it's non-fungible. Once it's written and recorded on there, it is seared into the system of technology and exists forever and ever, and everyone can see it. So it really begs to, you know, the question of where, what's going to happen to our U.S. patent system, our trademark system, because if you can just go online and write it onto a blockchain, the world is able to see who owns it, who created it, and when did they register it. So think about that in terms of like escrow companies and realtors and like, you know, sales of homes and anything that has a contract. 
think about that because the blockchain uses smart contract technology. So that is a long explanation and examples for the blockchain and the currency in which to pay and transact is cryptocurrency which is not that it's, it's technologically different, but it's not psychologically or emotionally different than right now. Let's just say if you have $100,000 in your bank account, you don't look at your phone app and see a picture of $100,000 in paper money, you know, sitting in a, in a vault for you. You see a number, a digital number on your screen. That 100000 is not sitting at the Wells Fargo or Bank of America at your local branch. It's not there. That 100000 is nowhere. It's already been dispersed. It's been loaned out. It's spread out. It's broken up into cents, pennies, okay, throughout this country, probably around the world, okay? So all you have every time you put cash into ATM or cash in the bank, all you have is a digital number on a screen, Okay. The problem is, is the way that it's being managed at the bank level currently, as we know it, it is a human that is entering, you know, with the help of some some uh, computers, uh, maybe some AI, it's helping to account for this. They put the cash into a cash counter and it goes and it spits out a digital number, which then communicates with the computer and then the computer knows it's this much money. Oftentimes, though, it could be a human being that's literally punching in, you know, the, your $100,000 deposit. And we went from like cash money to checks, which is just like a piece of paper worth nothing. And then a human typing in the number and then that digital number that prints out on the receipt for your um, transaction, that is a digital number. Okay, so cryptocurrency is very similar, but it's a thousand times, a hundred thousand times more intelligent. Okay, and so we are moving into a cryptocurrency um, for the United States of America. There's 10 nations that are currently vying to figure out who's going to be the leader in cryptocurrency for their nation. It's a little bit of a shakeup. It's something we should be kind of nervous about. But once you have your cryptocurrency, it is logged on the blockchain as to how much you have in your digital wallet because again, it's all writing, it's all tracking it on a digital blockchain that by the way is transparent, which means people can see into your wallet. It doesn't mean that they can access your wallet, but they can see into your wallet. That would include probably the government here at some point. They will develop an ability to look at everybody's wallets and to see what they have, um, but it doesn't mean that they can control your wallet, which is a good thing. Okay, so I hope that that gives you a little bit of a layer understanding of like blockchain, crypto, and NFT terminology and NFT potential utilization. So how does this apply to your business? Well, if you want to brand yourself as like an events marketer, so let's just use the RM101 Media Group, which is what this podcast is owned by. She, it also owns CEO, the, the women's, you know, network or community. So let's just say for CEO, we want to have events one day and we want to invite 2000 women to come to a live event where they can meet other women and we'll go on stage and we'll pump out the music and it'll be so fun. It'll be a whole vibe, right? CEO vibes only. And everyone's wearing these really cool pink, you know, things and gear and CEO gear and buying notebooks and everyone's ready to learn and get inspired and, and network. Okay. We might be able to say, this is what people are, by the way, leaning towards. Um, we're going to create a CEO NFT. And that NFT, by you owning that NFT, you're going to have access to 
30 events that take place across the country. And you're going to be not only be able to get in, it's your ticket, you're going to be able to have VIP, a VIP experience by owning an NFT. Um, and then what we do is we'll essentially program things on our end, not at the NFT level, but on our back end to go anybody who presents an NFT and we can verify that it's an official CEO NFT that they own. And by the way, that you can resell, and I'll get into that in just a second, they're going to get exclusive access um, because they're, there's like members and then there's like elite members. And so we're going to be able to use the NFTs to create a ticketing system, an access point. It's your, it's your Willy Wonka golden ticket to things. Gary Vaynerchuk, if you don't know who he is, go ahead and follow him on social media at Gary V. I had the pleasure of working with him and, and meeting him. Um, he has begun to create a restaurant network, a network of restaurants, one of which he's actually going to build out the restaurant, but he's creating a network of restaurants that are very high end and very exclusive. Many of these restaurants, you need to make reservations like months in advance. Well, he's creating an NFT that's creating a nightlife experience with dining and entertainment, concerts and all this kind of stuff. So if you own one of, let's just say his NFTs, then depending on the level of NFT or how much you paid for it or whatever they decide the NFT is for, the utility of the NFT, you're going to be able to take that NFT and have right away like presidential access to what he has to offer in his network of restaurants and experiences. So you know this as like being a member of a country club, for example, okay? The NFT is going to be able to create that same level of exclusivity and access and premium experience. On this, at the same time, NFTs can be as simple as a piece of art. An NFT could be as simple as a piece of art that you house on your blockchain and you all of a sudden own all these really cool nifty pieces of art and then your the blockchain's transparent, your wallet is transparent. So then eventually when the metaverse comes out, and that's a whole other thing, you can look at Facebook metaverse, which is a virtual reality place, people will be able to explore your gallery and they'll be like, wow, look at all those things that she owns. She owns this exclusive Gucci bag in the virtual world and this like Mona Lisa in the virtual world and this, you know, maybe it's a, uh, a Bart Simpson, Marge Simpson, you know, piece of art in the virtual world and people will be able to see it and be like, wow, but they can't touch it. They can't do anything with it. Um, but they'll be able to see how much clout you essentially have. Um, because it's all transparent but not accessible. I hope that that's making sense and I hope I didn't lose you. There is virtual reality, which is the meta metaverse, um, and there is something called Web3 that you're gonna be hearing about. And Web3 is the, um, the worlds, that's the virtual worlds, okay? And so if you compare that to where we are now, we are currently sitting in Web2, okay? And when, if you look at it this way, web one was, um, web one was people creating information. So it was like logs. Those of you who are my age, it was like DOS one, two, three, or Lotus one, two, three and DOS. Um, and you had to do like control F one shift, like enter just to do anything. And then Windows came out, right? Microsoft Windows, and it allowed us to click and right click and, and send mail through AOL. It's like, you got mail, right? All of that stuff. And it was like, wow, we can email each other? That was Web 2.0, okay? And also in Web 2.0, 
has been social media. So it went from like super nerds building the infrastructure of, of um, Web 1 to Web 2 being a collaborative space of of everyone writing emails um, with the super nerds who are creating the, the clickable things and Google and all this kind of stuff. But essentially all of us have been creating blogs and uploading photos and, and sharing information, right? Well, Web 3 takes you back to architect and ownership. So Web 1 was sort of the architect's world building things. Web two was us entering the game, adding, adding thing, adding character and, and, and communicating and, and collaborating in web two, right? That's Facebook and hey, things going viral and memes and all that. That's us, blogs, whatever. YouTube content, that's us, right? Creating. And then now web three is ownership. So web three is the ownership of things. So it's not only creating and it's not only collaborating. It's true ownership. So I know that we're 24 minutes into this episode, but I'm about to tell you the absolute magic of the NFT. So let's just say you create an NFT because we're talking Web3 and we're talking ownership. Okay, you already have a baseline now with blockchain. You have a baseline now with currency, cryptocurrency, and now we are talking Web3 NFTs. Okay, ownership. So let's just say you take a selfie. Boom. It's cute. You take a selfie. You mint that selfie as an NFT on the blockchain. It's written on the blockchain. It's logged on the blockchain. Okay. And then you put it for sale. Think like, um, you know, um, oh my gosh, what am I thinking? Not Amazon, but um, what's the auction one? eBay. Okay. eBay. So you put it for sale. It's yours. You created it. You put it for sale. Okay. Etsy, whatever. You created it, you put it for sale on the blockchain. Okay, so you have it for sale. It's a selfie. And now someone buys it from you. So now you put it for sale for however much Ethereum that equates to, let's just say, $300 USD. They buy it from, from you for $300. Cool. Now they own it. Kind of. They own it, but they owe you a royalty. So every time they sell it, that person sells it, you get a percentage of the proceeds or the profits for the lifetime of the NFT. Do you see where I'm going? So you can sell something as an NFT, anything. It could be clothes or pets for the metaverse, which is Web3, the worlds, right? Or you can sell just JPEGs, pieces of art, selfies of yourself, music that you create, um, anything that you create, you can sell it as an NFT and then every time you're going to get the money right there. And then every time the person you sold it to sells it again, sells it, I should say, you get a percentage and you determine what the percentage is up to 10%, by the way. And then when that person that bought it from them sells it again, you're getting that 10%. Now, the person you originally sold it to, they do not collect the royalty, only the person who originally created it and was the person who who logged it on the blockchain, right? That's the person that gets paid forever, forever. So you might gr- create an NFT that today sells for 50 bucks and then resells for 50 bucks and resells for 100 bucks and you're making money, $10 here, $20 there. But by the time you turn into an old lady or an old man, 
your grandkids will be sitting there possibly collecting royalties off of your NFT that you created 30 years ago, 40 years ago. Do you see where I'm going? So the same thing is happening right now that they're kind of beta testing with real estate. If you're able to sort of NFT your house and then your house sells and it, your house is attached to an NFT, then basically you own this house, you NFT'd it. So you're even if 50 people own the house before you, you're the first person to NFT the house, which means anytime anybody buys the house along with, you know, it, it's attached to an NFT, every time the house sells, you're going to get a percentage. That is what people are testing right now. That's just a tiny little snippet of what is test, being tested right now. So think in terms of licensing deals. You have Donald Trump, for example. He owns one Trump Tower, but there's Trump Towers all over the world and that he does not own, okay? But he owns the name Trump, and so people pay him a licensing fee, like a royalty, to use the name. So that is how NFTs work. So when you hear that these kids are making millions of dollars drawing a stick figure, and you're like, why am I even getting ready for work every day to sit in traffic for my $70,000 a year? <laughs> when this elementary school kid it just made a million dollars off of his doodle, it's because they might have created it, sold it for maybe a, a hundred bucks or whatever it is, but then all of a sudden it just sold and sold and sold and sold and resold. And the kid is just making money every time there's a transaction related to their NFT that is logged on the blockchain. The blockchain knows who owns it and knows who to pay. I really hope that helps. I really hope that helps gives you a give you a baseline and encourages you by the way to set up your first and you know your first NFT even if you don't plan to do anything with it. I highly recommend that you go through the process. If you want to know the process, I'll create a downloadable worksheet. Um, it's in the works. I have all the little steps. It's not a lot of steps by the way. It's actually surprisingly easy kind of to create your NFT. And so I will be working on that. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get this, this done um, for you guys. Head on over to rachelmedina.com where you can look at the courses and we'll probably put it up as a micro course or check out the shop. It might be as easy as a few like 10 step worksheet that you can print and take notes on in order to create and mint your first NFT. I highly, highly recommend that you dive into Web3. I know that sounds daunting, but you need to start thinking in terms of the year 1997 when Amazon really started picking up some traction by selling books online. This is the era in which we are today. We are here now. And what you do with Web3 now today is going to determine the trajectory of your children and your children's children. They're going to look back at you and be like, dad, mom, why? Why didn't you buy land in the metaverse? Why didn't you create NFTs? Why didn't you buy the Disney NFTs or whatever it might be, Star Wars? I don't know what it is because we don't know. We don't know what's going to be a value in the next 10, 20 years. We don't know. But if you don't dive in and if you don't try, then you're just you have zero chance of winning. So I hope that helps. 
If you have any questions and you really want a one-on-one -on -one session about this, I'm happy to have you add yourself to my calendar. Go to rachelmanita.com, go to coaching, add yourself to my calendar, and let's unpack it. Let's unpack it together. Have yourself a wonderful, wonderful week. Until next time.